This is Limit Up, the place where we explore markets, strategies, and trading psychology to take your trading to the next level. Hey, traders, this is Eddie Horn from Top Step, and this is Limit Up where we talk with traders, market participants, and trading psychologists to help you improve your trading. Now, today, uh, I have joining me is Dan Hodgman. Danny, how are you? Eddie, I'm great. How are you? Fantastic, fantastic. You know, today we're podcasting with Tom Alexander and uh, his trading of the market auctions. Now, let me start by saying he uses no indicators whatsoever. No fibs, no support, uh, no resistance, no Bollinger's, nothing. That's awesome. You know, it's, it's really interesting about it is um, this is my background. I'd never had indicators. I'm an options trader. We had theoreticals, Delta, Vega, Gamma. So hearing a trader like this talk about the auction process is really exciting to me. Now, he talks about identifying market conditions and how the auction can tell you that. He's a prominent trader uh, with the use of market profile. You ever hear of that before? <laughs> a little bit. Now, Dan, you're a student of market profile. Uh, do us a favor. Can you uh, can you describe what exactly market profile is? Of course. Well, market profile is not an indicator. It's just another view of the market. So we have charts, we've got the dome, right, right. and we have got market profile. Basically, it breaks down price vertical, time horizontal, and rows in 30-minute increments. It shows each uh, each minute, and it just gives a whole nother view to the market for intraday traders. Now, that was something we had access to on the floor and on the trading floor coming to electronic trading. Uh, you know that it does work. Now, market profile has been around for a very long time and has been successfully used in the trading world. Yeah, from what I've heard about Tom Alexander, I'm excited to uh, hear this podcast. Fantastic. All right, Dan. Well, in that case, let's get started. Here's my conversation with Tom Alexander. Alexander Trading was founded in 2003 as a trading and research firm serving both institutional and retail investors and traders. Tom Alexander has 35 years of trading experience and actively trades stocks, options, futures, and commodities. Within the trading industry, Tom has been a stockbroker, commodities broker, and owned a commodities futures brokerage firm, and now recently a hedge fund manager in trading his methodology. Would you please welcome Tom Alexander? Hi, Tom. Hey, Eddie. It's a pleasure to be here. Good morning. It's a pleasure to have you here, and uh, I'm really excited about this podcast and for our listeners. Now, was there anything that I forgot in there, anything new regarding that bio? I know that you've got a lot going. You've had a lot going. Your experience is huge, and I am just going to uh, riddle you with questions today. That sounds good. No, that's pretty much spot on. Uh, the most recent thing I think you hit at the end, partner and I are launching a hedge fund. Uh, we're, we're just waiting on approval back from the uh, NFA on our offering document. And I'll just say this up front. Everything that you're going to hear me say today is how we are going to trade. So I'm really putting my money where my mouth is in the public arena. So I'm very, very excited about that as an opportunity. Fantastic. Fantastic. Now, Tom, let's get this going here. We're going to fire it up. What I want to ask you, one of the things that came to mind was you talk about how to know the market and how the market works. Now, let me ask you, is this safe to say knowing the markets at all? And if you could, please explain this. That, that's a great question. Uh, I think that I think it's necessary 
to understand markets, first and foremost, as a trader. So many traders come in and say, okay, I'm, I'm looking for a trade setup, and I'm going to use these indicators or these oscillators to show me where that trade setup is. But that eliminates context. And I guess part of your question is, can you understand the market? Is it understandable? And the answer for most people is no, it's not, because they don't have a proper worldview. Mm-hmm. The market, and this is a fact, I'm just going to give you some facts, and you're an experienced guy, and if anything that I'm saying you don't think is a fact, I want you to call me out on it. That's, what we trade are auction markets. That's a fact, right? Correct. Okay. We're in an auction environment. The purpose of auction markets is to facilitate trade. Now, if you understand those two things, you're further along in terms of being able to understand market behavior than 99% of the people that have been trading. I don't care how long. Most people are looking at the market as discrete bits of data that they're trying to find trade setups in instead of looking at it as a whole and what it's trying to do and starting from that bottom-up approach. Tom, let me ask you something regarding that. Now, you know this. I know this. Uh, A lot of traders know this, that markets are constantly changing. Their characters are constantly moving different ways. It's it's a rally market. It's a bear market. It's a bull market. It's a break market. How can we apply strategy and even say that we do know these markets? Is this something that is in the formula of knowing it that, hey, uh, this market that I'm watching, it moves sporadically. I know this. Is that part of the equation? Of course. You know, you say markets are ever-changing. That's true to a point. Your point is, I I think, and you can correct me here, markets are always fluctuating. You know, they're going up, they're going down. They appear a lot of times to be random. And quite frankly, most of the time, they are random. But just because they are random does not imply that they are not, at the same time that they're random, quite orderly. And they're orderly in the sense that they are seeking and and regress towards efficiency. It gets back to trade facilitation. You don't have a trade opportunity, but at certain specific times within a market structure, within a, a certain phases of market development, and this is all part of this auction process, what has not changed as long as markets have been trading, and this dates way back before electronic markets, as long as auction markets, you know, back in the, I can show you charts, Eddie, of the Dow Jones Industrial Average back in the 1920s and show you a market profile chart. Now, a market profile chart is a, maybe we'll get more into that later, but it basically is a wonderful way to view the auction. I can show you charts of the Dow Jones Industrial Average in the 1920s that looks identical to a chart of corn in 2018. And the reason is, is because, yeah, markets change and they fluctuate and we have electronic trading now, the floor is going away, all of these other things. We have access, you know, microsecond access, we can enter trade. But what has not changed is this auction process. And that makes this the most extraordinarily robust way to analyze markets objectively and consistently is anything you're ever going to have or that has ever been up to this point in time. So if you have this accurate, consistent, objective way to view a market, that's a great place to start. It's one less thing you have to worry about. And then you can use that as a model to build any number of of trading models or trading plans on. 
Yeah, Tom, I agree with you on that. Now, I am a faithful subscriber to your email, and I appreciate you sending me market possibilities, opportunities each and every day. Now, let me ask you what your approach to trading is, and why do you use Market Profile? Sort of a two-part question. Market Profile is a tool that I use. I am not, and I don't promote and don't think that you should be, quote-unquote, a Market Profile trader. You know, Peter Stettelmeyer back in 1996, I don't can't remember the exact quote off the top of my head, but for those of you that are familiar with Market Profile, know that Peter Stettelmeyer is sort of the father of Market Profile. He said that the biggest failing among those trying to using Market Profile was in that they try to use it as a trading system rather than in using it as a tool to understand the market. And I thought that was very profound. Still to this day, most people are using market profile, trying to use it as a rote trading system, as opposed to understanding the market, understanding the auction market. That's what the market profile graph was designed to display. Now, if you understand an auction market, you want to use bar charts as well as market profile charts because there are certain things that you can see on a chart that are clearer by using a bar chart than, say, a market profile chart, and vice versa. Right. So, you know, they're tools. I'll use those as tools. Tom, let me ask you. Now, for those that are faithful and students of market profile and successful traders using market profile, um, what's the discussion there then? Well, there are a number of ways you could use it. I think there's only one correct way. I think the correct way to use it is as a tool to view the auction and process, and to identify market condition and trade location. And those that only occurs at certain times within a given auction. And as a trader, what I'm using the market profile graph or a bar chart for is to identify those times where I have a positive expectancy. And expectancy is something that isn't talked about a lot in trader education land, uh, but it is critical. It's very important. It, it is a must-have. You cannot get around it. If you're going to have consistent profitability, you have to have a positive expectancy. And you can achieve a positive expectancy one of two ways. You can have a high percentage of winning trades, or you can have much larger winners and losers. It is almost impossible over time to have a super high percentage of winning trades and make money. You can have a high percentage of winning trades, and lose money. On the other hand, if you're trading where you're identifying situations, and this is what auction market, this worldview enables you to do, when you're trading and you identify trade location from where you have a much greater than random probability of a sharp move occurring, then you're getting the opportunity to enter a trade where if your risk is X, your potential return is a significant multiple of X. And so that's the key thing that and that's how I trade is how I teach people to trade. And it's a it's a kinder, gentler way to trade. You have a much larger margin for error in your trading. And that's true across any time frame, whether you're a day trader or a position trade. I, and I want to make that clear. Everything that I've said that we've discussed so far applies to any time frame of trading and trading any asset. I don't care if you're trading uh, corn, rough rice, or the S&P mini. Okay. Now, Tom. Your approach, when did this come to light, Uh, 35 years trading and uh, the methodology that you're using? I know that there's a lot of listeners right now saying, 
I need this explained a little bit more. I'm, I'm not seeing the light at the end of the tunnel. When did you see that light at the end of the tunnel saying, you know what? I'm trading the auction. This is what works for me, and this is where I see success. When did that hit? Well, I started studying market profile pretty quickly after I started trading. I started trading in 1985. By 1987, I had discovered and began trading, studying market profile. I didn't understand it. I didn't understand it for five or six or seven years, but I was persistent, and I continued to study the, the early works of uh, Peter Stettelmeyer, and there's a man named Don Jones that most people aren't familiar with it, that really, to me, will never get and doesn't get the credit he should because he brought rigor into the market profile space. You know, market profile, and I have so much of Stettelmeyer's early work and stuff that he, he wrote magazine articles that are no longer published. And, and I, I was just a voracious studier of the concept. And it was initially posited as a trading system. And then Don Jones basically proved that you can't trade it the way Stettelmeyer initially posited it and as the way that another guy that wrote a book, Mind Over Market. Jim Dalton wrote a right. book, and, and mm -hmm. that became the Bible. But the, the trades in that book aren't valid, and Don Jones proved it. So you still, to this day, most market profile traders are trying to take these rote trade setups. If a market retraces into a value area, high or low, all these things are supposed to happen. That stuff is not valid, and it's been proven. Now, I've got, I'm off on a tangent. I apologize. I'll, I'll, let, me, let me pull myself back and answer your question. <laughs> no, so, that's fine. You know, you know I, I studied market profile for years before I had a freaking clue what to do with it. Okay. But I'm just stubborn. And the, the light finally came on. And it came on when I began to see and understand that market profile is showing me something. It's not about the market profile graph. It's not about those letters on a screen. It's about what's happening, what's forming those letters. And what's forming those letters is the auction process. And at that point, that's the big switch. Then I really, 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 really began to understand what markets do and, and how they, why they do what they do. John, let me ask you, uh, a lot of traders, um, I could honestly say, really don't care why the markets are moving. They just want to see movement. If I have traded and learned how to trade one certain way, um, how can I sway to start looking at the auction as my trading guidance? Well, the first thing I would say is, and I say this to everybody, if what you are doing truly works, and you have a large enough sample that proves that it works, there's no reason for you to change. Now, I'll also say this. If what you're doing is profitable, it's very, very likely that whether you realize it or not, you are trading the auction process. I don't see how you can get away from trading the auction process. As you say, we're all looking for this move that occurs, this trend. Well, there's nothing, there's nothing more accurate in identifying the market condition in any time frame that a market is more likely to trend than using auction market concepts. Right. Advice for traders. Now, that's what we have here. That's reasons for our podcast. Tom, if you can only pick one and only one piece of advice for traders, what would that be? Uh, the number one piece of advice that I would give traders is not to become so rigidly invested in your belief that you refuse to acknowledge reality. And this gets back to this, what we said before is a nice segue into this. 
if you're trading and you're not having positive results, fine-tuning what you're doing that isn't working is not going to work. You know, I have seen, and I know you have too, Eddie, I have seen people trade for decades and spend untold tens of thousands of dollars chasing the Holy Grail. But really what they're doing, they keep trying to do the same thing over and over and just refine it. If it's not working, if you know all that stuff that you spent money on, if it's not working, you have to be willing to let it go. And this goes against human nature. It's really funny you've asked that question. I'm in the middle of preparing a, a webinar for a trading group, and, and that's basically my topic. This is the number one reason traders fail is that they get too invested in their beliefs. Right. And, you know, I meant, you know, I have clients that I mentor and that I work with. And sometimes the most difficult thing I can do, I give them all my material, they have access to me, I talk to them until I'm blue in the face, they send me their trades, and it's the same stuff that they've been using. And I go, where is this from? And then they start parroting whatever it is that they've been using. I go, no, no, no. I said, if that worked, you wouldn't need me. (laughs) And it's human nature. It's hard to do. I've been guilty of it. I know you've been guilty of it. We're all guilty of it. It's confirmation bias. You know, it, just because we make a trade or two today that's profitable doesn't mean that what we're doing has a positive expectancy. Almost anything will work some of the time, but will it sustain itself enough that we can consistently turn a profit trading? Right. And that's one of the big questions in the uh, the career of traders is um, how can I turn a profit? A lot of paths to success. Uh, It's just a matter of which one that you do take. Now, Tom, we talk about successful traders. That is the goal. If you're listening to this podcast, your goal is to be a successful trader. Some of us are already successful traders, and they just want to edge up to the next level. They want to gain that knowledge. They want to uh, catch something that is going to make them better. Now, When we talk about common denominators of successful traders, what are these common denominators? What makes a trader successful? What are the do's? What are the don'ts? Let's start with the do's. Well, that's a great topic. You're knocking this out of the park here, Eddie. But uh, one of the do's is not to become invested in your beliefs and be open-minded. You know, you get, we all get defensive with, if we, if we spend money on something, we're literally and and physically invested in it. And and don't forget your goal. Your goal is to be a profitable trader. Your goal isn't to master, be a market profile trader or to be a day trader. Your goal is to be a profitable trader. So go into it with that mindset. You know, ask questions, think critically about what you're doing. Now, the other part of this is you have to understand trading is work. Trading is a profession. Mm -hmm. This nonsense about coming in in the morning at uh, 7.30 and getting a bowl of cereal and sitting down for five minutes and looking at a few charts and then going on your merry way when you come home after work, you're rich. That's, that's nonsense. Trading is the most difficult thing most people have ever done. I work with people that are super highly educated, doctors, engineers, uh, college professors, attorneys, successful business people, and a lot of type A successful people. And you've got to have realistic expectations. This is a profession. You can't master trading in the same amount of time that it takes to learn how to change uh, the tire on your car. 
I mean, it, it's a, it's just a serious business, and uh, you have to come into this understanding it's going to take an investment of your time, an investment of your money, studying valid material. Make sure what you're you're basing your trading on is valid. Most traders don't have a valid basis to begin with, and no matter how hard they work, no matter how often they they get in the trench with that shovel, if it's not valid, it's just not going to work. So you have right. to have a valid methodology. And, you know, the other common denominator that I found is keeping records. If you oh, keep yeah. records, Journal. then your results will hit you in the face. It's very easy as a trader sitting at home alone or relatively alone and not keep records. Just, oh, well, I, you know, I, I, I'm not going to write that down because it was a losing trade. And again, this, this feeds into confirmation bias. First of all, you can't, be, you can't maximize your potential as a trader if you don't keep records because you won't be able to position size and do all these other things to maximize your edge if and when you have one. But if you're, if you're losing money, it becomes very easy not to keep records because you, you don't want to see it. And that's part of not admitting that what you're doing isn't working. You have to be willing to look in the mirror and say, is this working or it's not? And you need as rigorously derived information to make that decision as you can get. And that starts with trading records. And I, I mean keeping a spreadsheet as well as annotating your trades, where you entered, why you entered, marking your entry, your exit on the chart and print that out. I'm, I'm always encouraging uh, people to log their trades in. The trading journal, now you're putting spreadsheets on there, uh, that would even open it up even more for self-information. Um, also, adding emotions during these times of the day. I mean, it, once you have that information in front of you, you can always refer back to it. Was the market? What was the market doing at this time? How did I react? Um, and I, I like how you, you said this. One thing, Tom, is I have to admit, I'm still a student of the market. And when I want to see success, I have to do the work. And there, there's no ifs, ands, or buts anymore. Usually on the open outcry, and you know this too, you know, some guys, some locals that you know, drive into work, park the car, come in, grab a quick coffee, jump in the pit and say, what's here? Sometimes that was successful. Now, it's a different type of trade online, electronically. So you have to do the work because there are so many other people doing the work also. Yeah, and something you just mentioned, you know, floor trading is was market making. Trading off the floor is very, very different than floor trading. And it's the time frame that you trade on the floor is very different than off the floor. You know, on floor, and you know this, Eddie, because you, you were on the floor, you don't have to pay the bid-ass spread. It's instantaneous. And everything flowed through the pit. Well, that's and you could get a read on on order flow. Well, you can't do that off the floor. You just you have to use different tools. You have to change your time frame in the intraday time frame. Day traders, okay. Mm -hmm. Let's use this for example. They're really only in a given. And let's take one market in a given market. Let's say the S and P mini, because that seems to be the common denominator. All of us have traded that. Even we don't trade it anymore. And by the way. It's probably the most difficult market to trade of any of the markets. Okay, but I'll just use that because I don't know everybody trades it. There are probably only three, maybe four good trades on a good day. And a given market, whether it's the S&P or crude or gold or beans or, or any of these other markets, 
there are days where you come in and there's just not a good trade. It just mm-hmm. doesn't set up. So, you know, traders need to be patient and they need to trade opportunistically. That would be another do. That would be another advice. That would be another uh, characteristic of, of the traders that I know that are that are good traders. They trade opportunistically, meaning they don't just say, well, you know, I'm an S&P trader. That's all I do. That's all I focus on. Right. That's a mistake. You're handicapping yourself. There's no reason to do that. We have so many markets and like crude and gold that have super liquidity, and you don't have to obsess over the noise, the intraday noise in the S&P when it has a, a, you know, a day session range of eight handles day after day after day. Tom, when you mentor other traders, could you share with us what's the most challenging aspect of teaching traders, being that mentor, being that person that they look up to? Well, there are a couple of challenging aspects. I don't know if there's one that is the most but typically traders, I end up getting traders when they've been beaten up and they're, they're just, they're questioning if this is ever going to work out. But then in spite of that, and I said this earlier, I have a hard time getting them to let go of a lot of the things that they've been using that they've proven don't work. And that's number one. And number two is getting them to keep records, getting them to understand if they keep records, it extends the process. You can't eliminate the learning curve, but you can shorten it. And that is something that shortens it. Now, as far as the learning curve is concerned, I'll get people that have been trading for five, six, seven, eight years, and they'll say, well, how long is it going to take me to learn this? And in their mind, they're thinking, okay, in a couple of weeks, am I going to turn my trading life around and start making millions of dollars? And I say, well, yeah, I can't really tell you how long it's going to take you, but if it takes you a year, that would probably be about average. And they go, oh, a year? It's going to take a year? And it gets back to, you know, let's, let's think about college, okay? How long does it take you to go through one year of college? Well, it takes a year. And it takes four years, and then you get out of college, and you still don't know anything. Everybody's looking for the shortcut, looking. And the thing is, too, it's like, you know, I'm always telling traders, don't, don't look for that shortcut. The only person you are hurting is yourself. You're cheating yourself. Society nowadays wants that quick fix. Um, don't got time for this now. When I do got time, uh, I need an answer now. Uh, you know, um, I, I need a reaction now. Uh, I, I need to just click a button, have it here. I mean, it's, gosh, you know, shopping now. Tom, when we went shopping, we'd have to go to the store or go to the uh, Woolworths and Zayers and you know, we would need to go and shop nowadays. It's just, you know, click and ship, click and ship. It is. And the other thing, and this is a real important point that I want your listeners to hear. People get into trading. They get into it, and, and I don't care how grounded they are, how rational they are. They see dollar signs, right. and that's fine. And it's there. You can make a lot of money trading. But I never, never, never talk about how much money you can make to trading when I'm you know, talking with someone about what I do. I want them to focus on doing the groundwork. I want them to focus on blocking and tackling. The blocking and tackling of trading is just like football. If you can't block and tackle, you're just not going to have a very good football team. Well, if you can't block and tackle, so to speak, as a trader, you're lost. You have to learn to block and tackle. And that, that's what I'm doing. I'm trying to teach people from the ground up, let's, let's do the fundamentals. So 
when I'm working with a trader, I have one goal in mind for that trader, and that's for that trader to prove to themselves, to develop and prove to themselves that they have an edge, A, and B, that they can execute it. If that trader achieves that, the world is their oyster. Mm -hmm. Then you can take that edge, and then you get into the next phase of trading. How do I maximize this edge? How do I trade this edge? What kind of positions do I use? What time frames? But first and foremost, you have to develop that edge. If you have limited income, if you have a relatively small account, if you can prove with your account size that you can consistently make money, you won't have any problem raising money to trade. Everyone is looking for profits, for gains. And uh, you know, as I mentioned a little earlier, we are seeing change. We are seeing different approaches, different styles of trading, uh, different tools for the arsenal. You know, I, I, I tell you, it's, it's uh, night and day compared open outcry to electronic trading. And when electronic trading started to hit the trading floor, when I was on the trading floor, it seemed so much like a game. Now, Tom, you've been in the business for a very long time, as I have. What has changed? What hasn't changed in the markets in your career? Okay, here's what has changed. Well, the hours, for one thing. When I started trading, uh, the stock market didn't open until 10 o'clock. And yeah. <laughs> most people don't know. Of course, you know, I'm old, so... <laughs> I don't. I, I, I don't both. know if you remember that, but anyway. But what has changed has been the whole world. We have information overload now. We have instant information about everything that happens. Okay, so I can sit in front of my computer screen and see every single tick of every electronic market that's traded instantaneously. And not only can I see it, I can hit the mouse and pretty much get that tick. When I started trading, I was probably calling a runner. I was calling a desk to haul the S&P pit, okay? This is when the S&P was $500 a handle as opposed to 50 bucks in the mini S&P. And you traded in, in nickels. And so, and I, I was special because I traded five lots. So I had the ability to call the floor as opposed to calling my broker in an office who called the floor, who ordered the order, uh, you know, gave the order to the floor, who arbed in, and then called the broker back who called me. So, you know, I was special. I, will, I had the ability to call the floor because I traded five lots. Mm -hmm. But I would get on the phone and enter an order. And most of the time, I could get my fill back in maybe 30 seconds to a minute. But if it was a fast market, the guy on the desk would hang up on me. And I didn't know if my order was filled or not. Now, I know I can enter my order immediately. I can get out immediately. I know what my fill is. So in terms of we have better transparency, we have access, all of those things are remarkable. The other thing that we have now that has been exponentially magnified, we have big money in the markets that rule the markets. We have hedge funds. We have banks. We have investment firms of all sizes. And they used to categorize the, the CBOT in the different categories of traders. They're, they're really, for practical purposes, for our purposes at years in mind, there are only two categories of traders. There's big money, and then there's us. You know, how you want to parse out big money is up to you. But there's only one party in the market that can move a market and can sustain that movement. That's big money. And the big money rules the market to a larger degree today than ever before. That's a fact. So you have immediate access to markets. You have more transparency than we've ever had. And you have the institutional influence that's 
bigger and growing that far surpasses anything that it was when we first started trading. Right. Now, what hasn't changed, as I said before, in spite of all of that, the thing that has not changed has been this auction process because the big money has to go into that auction. You can see, you can read that auction and where trades are occurring, how much they are occurring, when they are occurring through a bar chart and a market profile chart. You don't need all these super special indicators and all this other stuff. You can see it and you don't have to have, you know, special stuff to see it. You just have to understand how the market works. So, and the other thing, Eddie, in spite of all the advantages we have now, okay, the electronic access, the computers, all the indicators, and all this other stuff, there is no higher a percentage of profitable traders now than when you and I first started. As a matter of fact, it might even be lower. You know, Tom, you, you bring it back full circle about knowing the markets, and uh, that is such a big factor, and uh, sort of lining up a market that first off is something that you can trade. I know a lot of us are different. You know, some of these markets are hell-bent for leather. Some of these markets uh, move respectively, and uh, it really depends on you as a trader. Well, Tom, I just want to thank you for answering these questions and being with us here today. But before you go, Tom, I've got some uh, personal Eddie questions for you. Are you up for that? Good, good. Absolutely. Okay. Now, Tom, let me ask you, I know this is a big question. You can give us a big picture. 2019, what markets should we watch? Uh, I'll top of my head, grains. And then I would say grains may be, may be perched for a significant move. Why? Uh, for Well, because of the auction, because of where they're positioned in the auction. And as we're recording this, and we're recording this, uh, you've got beans, wheat, and I think corn that appear to be in uptrends, and that's a non-auction market term, but they're trading in key reference areas, and they are trading at levels from where if they begin to take these levels out to the upside, they could accelerate. So those are markets I'd look for. The usual suspects that everybody, that we all trade, currencies. Now, currencies have been taking the uh, things like the British pound, the Canadian, and some of these things have been tanking because right. of the, the dollar has been rising. So you're always cognizant of what the currencies are doing, and they make great trading markets. And, of course, crude, okay? Uh, crude just took a huge dump with, with the other energies. So it's knocking on the door of lower levels. If these levels hold, you can get a massive rally in the energy market. On the other hand, if the levels that we've been trading near to the downside here and crude and heating oil and some of these other markets, if they break, then you could see uh, some more acceleration lower. Okay. But that's the beauty of this auction process. You can go through, you know, I can look at cotton, I can look at uh, cocoa, I can look at the S&P and evaluate them all through the same lens. And what I'm really trying to do is say, okay, is there a better opportunity for the next week in cocoa or the S&P? Is there a better opportunity this week in crude or in uh, live cattle? So it, it's an extraordinarily robust way to view the market, and that's what I'm doing. Now, the stock market, interestingly enough, is in a two-plus-month balance area, and it's trading near the low extreme of that balance area. There have been a couple of days this week in particular where the market has had very negative days, has been looking over the abyss. 
And I've been sitting here going, okay, we're going to get that huge downside washout. And then we get the giant bungee jump. So that's fascinating to watch right now, too. So we'll be, I'll be watching that for the rest of this month to see how we trade into the new year in the stock indices. Okay. All right. Now, here's a question. And, and for those listening, uh, if you've got time, put your answer in the comments. Question for you, Tom. If you had a million dollars to invest, what would you invest it in and why? A million bucks. Well, when you... A million dollars? million bucks, okay. Tom. So, all right. How old am I? Um, let's say, let's give it a 10-year window. Okay, that's fair. A 10-year window? Uh, you know, I would put it in the stock market. I would invest in a, if I'm giving investment advice, you know, I've been, you and I have been talking as traders, swing sure. trading, position trading, right. and that's not suitable for most people. If you're going to invest, in my mind, and you don't know anything about investing, you put it in a, a diversified mutual fund. This is what I tell my children. It's what I tell my friends. I mean, over time, the stock market has to go up just because of of the general price level rising. And if it doesn't, then it's not going to matter anyway, Eddie. If the stock market (laughs) isn't going up for an extended period of time, we've got bigger problems. So if I had a million dollars, I would scale into the market. If I had a 10-year window, I would scale into the market over a uh, 12-month period. All right. Stock market and a, and a diversified mutual fund. There you go. All right. All right, Tommy, I appreciate that answer. And uh, like I said, if you've got something uh, in a 10-year window that you would like to share with us, put it in the comments, and uh, we'll check it out. Now, Tom, I know that those that are listening are like, you know, if you haven't heard of Alexander Trading or Tom Alexander, you're going to want to know a lot more. Now, Tom, if you can, share with us. If someone wants to get in contact with you online, uh, how can they do it? The easy way is to go to alexandertrading.com, just like it sounds, alexandertrading.com. When you go there, a pop-up will come up, and it will invite you to sign up for, actually, the newsletter that you get every day. And you got to send out a free newsletter that gives a wealth of information about general trading and actionable information and specific contracts. I show ideas and explain and teach in this free newsletter. That'd be the best place to start. And then if you go to my website, there's there are various resources there. Uh, I have a YouTube channel. Uh, I have Twitter that I don't use a whole lot that I need to use more. I have Alexander Trading has a Facebook. But I'm sort of old school, Eddie. You know, I don't pound people with marketing. Just go to alexandertrading.com, and there's, there's a lot of stuff on there, okay? <laughs> Highly recommended. And then, like I said, you know, every day I get something uh, at Tom's insight and sharing of that, and I really appreciate that. So, anyway, Tom, let's look, uh, let's look forward into 2019. Let's look forward into... Uh, new opportunity, new possibilities. And uh, Tom, I want to get you back here again in 2019. And uh, we'll check out and see how you're doing and uh, see how our traders are doing. How's that sound? Eddie, that'd be, a, that'd be fun. I'd love to. I've really enjoyed the conversation. I hope I hope this has helped some people out there. Oh, I'm sure it has. It, 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 Tom, it's helped me. And uh, every time I do talk to you, another light turns on. So my day is bright now, and uh, hopefully my trading in the future is even brighter under Tom Alexander. So, Tom, have a great day, and we'll catch you back here again soon. Look forward to it, Eddie. Good day.
All right, Tom. Take care. Thank you. Yep. Bye. And we're back. Dan, what do you think of Tom's take on the world view of auction trading? Uh, now, this is something that he shares with his students. You know, I loved it. I think uh, it's so important for any trader in the world to recognize that that's exactly what this is. This is an auction process. Every single trade, every single action made is not a winner and a loser. It may be two winners. We need to create that liquidity as traders and uh, understand there's a buy and a sell. Mm -hmm. He mentions about traders needing to be open-minded also, Danny. And, you know, sometimes uh, traders get too invested in beliefs they have. You know, a good point, he says, is you should be focusing on being a profitable trader. A lot of traders, obviously, that is the main goal. But as they trade, they don't focus on that. And and many of us do forget that, get lost in our invested mindset. Uh, it should be an open mindset. Definitely. I couldn't agree more with what he says here. This is one of my big focus points when educating traders. This is industry is about profitability. It's one of the only jobs in the entire world that you can be wrong a majority of the time yet still make money. So it's not about right and wrong. It's about making money. Now, another important path to success Tom mentions is keeping records. And I'm not talking about those 45s that your aunt gave you and are completely useless. <laughs> I'm talking about uh, trading records. Now, Tom refers to spreadsheets and keeping tabs along that path. I have to interject and add that logging in a personal trade journal uh, is so very important. It's an important factor in becoming a profitable trader, Danny. Couldn't agree more. Believe it or not, I have a hard card from every single day I've ever traded sitting in a desk at home. I collect everything. Those records are so important. And then, you know, on top of that, adding your emotions into this is so important. And yeah, it's really important to uh, having a reference of your past trades and how it can help you progress forward. Having that is is so important. Now, mentioning about uh, have the edge and execute. Now, this is what Tom mentions. Uh, this is what he teaches his students, edge and execute. It makes all the sense from a committed trader standpoint. Once you have an edge on the market, then uh, there shouldn't be a hesitation. That's something so important in trading is finding your edge. It's something developed over time through trial and error. It doesn't happen overnight, but eventually is something you need to be a profitable trader each and every day. You got that right, Danny. You got that right. I just want to say thank you for joining us again and uh, giving us your take on Tom Alexander's views of trading. It was my pleasure. It's always great to do these, and I hope to be back soon. Dan, I hope to have you back, and I know where your desk is, so I'm probably going to come it's and get you. It's floating around a it's, little bit. It is. Lately, it has been. But anyway, fantastic you could be here. Thanks so much for joining us today. All right, traders, as always, thanks for spending time with us. And if you enjoyed this interview, please feel free to leave us a rating or review. It helps us reach new traders. Danny, thank you again. My pleasure. We'll see you next time. Take care, traders. Editing and post-production on this episode was done by Dante32.
Futures and Forex trading contain substantial risk and is not for every investor. An investor could potentially lose all or more than their initial investment. Risk capital is money that can be lost without jeopardizing one's financial security or lifestyle. Only risk capital should be used for trading, and only those with sufficient risk capital should consider trading. Past performance is not necessarily indicative of future results.